Welcome back to the Online Course Masters podcast. Phil Ebener here with Jeremy Deegan. Today we are excited to launch into deciding what topic you should teach. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast, whether you're listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you're listening, or if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Make sure you leave us a good review too, that always helps out. And join the Facebook group over at onlinecoursemasters.com or head over to Facebook and search for Online Course Masters. Jeremy, how's it going? Good, man, good. How are you doing? Good. Excited to be back in the hot seat talking about a new topic. Hopefully people enjoyed that first episode, kind of getting back into the, the groove of creating a podcast and recording. Uh, so I think this one, we talked a lot last time, so uh, we'll see how long we go this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think these are going to be much uh, more actionable, so we might get through the topic a little faster, but we just want to dive in and, and give them some some actionable advice now. That yeah. was kind of a nice little refresher uh, beginning episode, I think, get everyone known about us and whatnot. Yeah. Know so, about me. There yeah, know, know, you. know about you. Actually, which kind of... <laughs> Before we dive into our topic, not that I want to go on a long tangent, I know that a lot of people have been following the Online Course Masters group or the Udemy Studio, and they might kind of know where I'm at um, with teaching online. But I guess I'll share for people who um, kind of missed out on hearing about that. Things have been crazy in 2018. Um, 2017 was the best year ever for me on Udemy and off of the platform. I don't know if you saw, but I passed a million dollars in revenue on Udemy. Congratulations, um, yeah. Which is just insane. And um, I mean, it's just crazy. It's hard to even imagine. But it's also like, where did all that money go? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like swimming in a pool of $20 bills. <laughs> but um, a lot went back to Uncle Sam. A lot went into paying down debt, my student loan debt. And then a lot went into buying our house. Um, so, but I can't complain at all. I mean, it's really incredible where we're at and, um, off of Udemy things are also going pretty well. I don't know when the last time I talked about it on the podcast, but I've got my membership site on videoschoolonline.com and right now we have almost 350 members. Um, so those are people either paying monthly for the $9 membership, which is the price right now, or they've bought a yearly or a lifetime membership. So that's also growing and really awesome. And there's some other platforms I'm on too, but I mean, still Udemy, Skillshare, and my own platform are are doing really well. So, um, so yeah, anyways, I just want to recap people who are listening and might be curious. Yeah, nice, man. Yeah, we, we w- rolled into the new season and didn't really go over where you've been at. So glad to hear everything's going well. And uh, yeah, man, you're definitely someone that people love to follow. Uh, you're inspirational. You're easy to get along with. You're easy to talk to and answer questions. So uh, there's a reason why you have that success. You know, not everyone's going to experience that, but if they produce good content and uh, they have the same, you know, positive attitude that you do, they can d- definitely make it happen. Yeah, I hope so. Anyways, I hope so. So let's dive into today's topic, which is what you should teach. So this is great for people who are brand new or even for people who have created a couple courses or 20 or however many and are trying to decide what the their next topic should be. And so the following episode is going to be how we validate this topic. So this is really just about 
what, yeah, what should we teach? So um, do you have any sort of initial advice or thoughts about selecting the best topics for teaching an online class? Yeah, this is, this is uh, definitely one of my favorite topics. Uh, I love doing a lot of different things. And Udemy was great because it gave me a chance to uh, put that material out there and kind of see what people like and don't like. Um, so there's going to be some people like me. Maybe you've got like 10 or 20 different hobbies and you want to try them all. Um, later on, like you said, when we talk about topic validation, uh, in that episode, we'll get into more of really trying to find out what might perform better than mm-hmm. other topics. Exactly. Um, you know, but you should definitely start with what you know. You know, that's probably the most obvious answer. Uh, if there's something that you just love to death and you just always are talking about it, you're doing it all the time, that's the best starting place. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people like me who probably like a, a lot of different things, but there's also a lot of people who they only do one thing. They're really good at one singular subject. They love mm-hmm. that subject. They know it in and out. They've been doing it since they were a kid. Um, so that is where you should, you know, where you should start is is what you know. Uh, what are maybe some other questions that you can ask when when you're teaching a topic other than you know what you love to do all the time? Yeah, well, one thing that I like to do is kind of go through this exercise that maybe we can go through each our own or on this episode to try to provide an example. But it's like, like what you said, what's your expertise? Mm-hmm. What do you know? But like more of like, what's your actual expertise? What do you, what do, you do for your job? What uh, is your background education? And then combine that with what, what are you actually passionate about? Because that might be different than what your job is or what you learned right. in school. And then another question is just to ask yourself, what do, what do people ask you about? What, what do you have conversations about? What do people come to you asking you? So let's just kind of run through this exercise ourselves. So if you were to answer, what is your expertise? What jobs have you held? What education have you had? What are like the topics that come to mind for you? So mine are going to be uh, graphic design. Um, I don't say I'm an expert in it. I've just been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot more better graphic designers than me. Um, audio video. Uh, we talked about this in the first episode. I have a strong audio visual, uh, background and, and audio and, and lighting and, and video and things of that nature. That's probably one of my stronger suits. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely customer service. You know, I've been in quite a few customer service uh, jobs and I really appreciate good customer service. So that's, you know, something else that might be an expertise of mine. But what about you? I'd say for education, I went to school for film and television. So I did get like an actual degree in that. So I learned a lot about that. And then after school, I held my full-time jobs were mostly video related and more specifically video editing. Motion graphics was something I kind of was self-taught, but I also started doing um, as a job. I mean, other than that, I haven't really had any other jobs outside of the sort of media communications video realm. So for me, those are kind of like the the things that I would call myself an expert, an expert in um, photography is well, yeah, I, I guess let's move on to passions. And I'll start if I'm asking myself, what are my passions? Photography is definitely one of my passions. Um, other things I'm t- passionate about right now, which has changed over time. Um, 
financial stuff, personal finance is like what I find myself. And again, another question to ask yourself is like, what blogs do you follow? What Facebook groups are you a part of? What YouTube channels do you watch? And for me, it's like personal finance and and those are the business, um, entrepreneurship. Those are things I'm passionate about as well. I think when I started, that's not what I was an expert an expert in, but it's definitely something I'm passionate about. Um, just other topics I'll throw out there is like cycling. I love riding my bike. I love, um, I got my dog and I'm really enjoying training my dog. Um, I love like working on just projects around the house, building, building stuff with my hands, like a little bit of woodworking again, not like an expert in, but it's something I'm really passionate about right now. Um, Cooking even is something that I am interested in and I always tell myself if I had to like redo everything, I would go and like become a baker and just like bake <laughs> bread all the time. <laughs> that like sounds like really cool to me. Um, so those are like things that I'm passionate about. Hiking, camping. Yeah, when I go down this road, I'm passionate about a lot of things. So what about you? Like other than your expertise, are you passionate about? Yeah, I mean, you you hit a lot of the ones that I really enjoy. And it's funny you say that, probably a little side note you didn't know. I I worked in a bakery for about four years when I was younger. Oh, nice. Um, So I've actually made a lot of bread and (laughs) uh, a lot of donuts. Making the donuts was fun. And uh, we we have a a mutual uh, friend who is also a baker who's done really well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wanted to just throw in a side note, too. You know, me and you do come in and from an audio video expertise. I want to go back that real quick. I don't want anyone to be dissuaded that you have to be an audio video person to do this. Speaking about bread baking, uh, one of our good friends, Teresa, who's a bread baker, uh, she, I wouldn't say that she is uh, from audio video background. She's, she's a baker by trade and she's done amazing. Um, so these are the kinds of questions you start asking yourself, what you have expertise in, what are your passions about? Uh, for me, it's surfing. Um, that's mm-hmm. something that I'm passionate about. You you might call me an expert. You might not call me an expert. I don't look at surfing as as something I want to be an expert as. It's just something I love to do. You know. Yeah. Um, music is a big thing. Music has always played a, an important part of my life. Uh, I love music. I play music. I love listening to it. Going to shows. Um, definitely camping is a big one for us. Anytime we get a chance to go camping, that that's definitely uh, one of those things also. And, uh, you know, family time, you know, which uh, you'll find out short enough that uh, there's probably nothing better than spending time with the kids and the family, going out on outings and, and having that family time is also really great. Um, so, you know, we talk about our expertise, we talk about our passions. And then, you know, another question that you can ask is, what do people ask you about? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an important one because you always have someone who who knows you as something and they mm-hmm. say, you know, can you help me with this? Do you know how to do this? So what what is some questions or what do people ask you about um, that m- might be something that you would be interested in on a topic? Well, I think initially a lot of it was like video editing related. I mean, that's what I was known as from college. My friends would ask me all about that. And I was the video editor of the group. So if there was any sort of post-production side of things for video production, I was there to answer it. And then as I've built my online courses and online businesses, teaching online classes is what people ask me about a lot. Um, And people are so passionate about asking me those questions, more so than even in my photography or video related courses. People, I get way more questions about 
how to teach online courses and anything related to that, or even if it is related to the audiovisual side of it, like what webcam to use, what editing program should I use? But it's in the realm of teaching online classes. And that's, I guess that's why I have this podcast and why I started (laughs) my own teach classes about how to teach online. So those are like the things that um, people ask me about the most right now. Even personal finance, though, I've become, I guess, the personal finance person in my family. So like my sister will come to me and ask like, oh, my work is offering me this 401k. Like, what should I do? And so I'm able to give her at least my advice, even though I don't have any expertise in that uh, or like formal education. So what about you? Is there anything different than like your previous topics or is it the same? And uh, they're they're different, and I would say they're all different. Which is uh, this is why this is a good thing to go through and ask these questions. You might want to write these down. What's your expertise? What are you passionate about? And what do people ask you about? Because all three of mine are different. People typically ask me about website design mm. and about screen printing because I actually had a T-shirt company. I had both of those companies. I had a uh, web design business with my brother when I was a little younger, and then more recently I had a screen printing business where I printed t-shirts. So people who knew me doing those things still ask me today, hey, can you design me a website or I need help designing a website? Can you can you give me some advice? I had someone ask me two weeks ago about creating a website, something I haven't done in a long time, but uh, people still know me as a person who did that. And uh, printing t-shirts. Uh, I did that for a long time. So I still have people ask me about, you know, where can I get a t-shirt printed or something of that nature. So, you know, my expertise is in uh, graphic design and audio video. I have passion for surfing and for camping. And then I, you know, people ask me about things that I used to do in the past, like screen printing and web design. So by going through these, you might have a list of different things. Mm -hmm. And like you said, we'll go through later and we'll see how do we take these ideas and see what might, you know, do better uh, for an audience versus other things. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's definitely a good little test to go through is to ask yourself those questions. Yeah, definitely. And just really quickly, I don't want to dive too much into the validation, but based off of this, like just these ideas and where you are today with the courses that you've taught are what has worked well, what have you taught courses on? Um, again, not about the validation, but just like, yeah, what, what courses have you actually taught in these topics and which ones have done the best? Um, yeah, so it all goes to your audience and what platform you're on. And so we know that, um, so you'll hear me talk a lot about Udemy and Skillshare through this podcast because those are ones that I've used a lot and, and those seem to do really well. Udemy seems to be more kind of technical. Um, a lot of things that are computer programming, um, graphic design, video, um, photography's real big on there. Music's pretty big, um, online business. But then you talk about another platform like Skillshare and it's a lot of arts and crafts. So it all kind of depends on, you know, what platform you're talking about and your, and your audience. Now for me personally on Udemy, uh, the graphic design stuff has done the best because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of graphic design courses and a lot of students looking for graphic design. I do have a course teaching GarageBand, which is a music application for Apple, uh, for iOS. And that has done really well too. That one kind of surprised me because, 
Um, I figured just people could figure that out, but they, they really enjoy that one. Um, now you've got a much bigger catalog, so I'm going to turn the question to you, um, based on your experience, what are some of the big, big, uh, number of rollers on that one? Yeah. Well, the best, I guess like my best selling courses are related to photography and video editing and motion graphics. And so the motion graphics and the video editing, those are the topics that I'm an expert in. And so I think that kind of goes hand in hand with why those did so well. With photography, the the big masterclass of mine, I actually partnered with a friend who is a better photographer than me, I would say is more of an expert in that topic. And I think that's why that class has done well. It's because if I taught it by myself, at least at that time, a few years ago, I didn't know as much as I know now, and I don't think it would have done as well. So I think that for me, actually, the classes that I'm like really an expert in did well. A couple of classes that I'll just say that I created that didn't do that well in terms of revenue were a um, beer brewing class. Another thing that (laughs) from time to time I'm passionate about, like I haven't brewed beer in a while, but for a while I was doing a lot of beer brewing. And so, hey, I was like, I'm teaching classes on literally everything I know and I'm interested in. So I taught that class. Um, I also taught a class on how to adopt a cat. You know, another (laughs) great, not one, I I definitely did not validate it, but I was interested in it. I had adopted a cat. The process was like a little tricky and I thought, hey, people might be interested in this. And I think, I guess this is also brings up another idea or question is like, do you have to be an expert in the topic to teach it? And I would argue that you don't. And in fact, sometimes it's better to be more of a beginner and be teaching those beginner things because you come at it as at the same level as the student. So you're asking the answering the same questions they have. You're teaching it in a way that you want to learn in rather than being the ultimate expert making assumptions or going over things too quickly that kind of has helped me being that being said though if you're an expert you just have to think about that while you're actually creating the course dumb it down to a beginner level and make sure you're you know teaching it at a beginner level as if you were just answering questions from a friend or a beginner um so yeah so for me those are kind of like a couple I guess the things that worked well and the things that didn't work so well in terms of revenue. Um, I guess another question is like when people are coming up with topics, a lot of people ask, should I create the big masterclass or should I pick more of a niche specific course? So do you have any sort of advice on that? Yeah, I've, I've jumped around with this a little bit and I don't know if there's really a a terrible answer to this question because they're both going to be beneficial in different ways. Now, what I have more focused on um, through my journey is uh, what I I labeled as the branch effect. And basically what what this is is you create kind of like a a more broad master class that kind of goes over a lot of different subject matters. And then it gives you a chance to branch off into more niche courses later down the road mm-hmm. and be able to um, promote, you know, those uh, more niche courses to the original masterclass. So, for instance, when we're talking about photography, maybe you create a general photography course 
uh, for beginners where you talk about, um, you know, different types of photography, different types of cameras, setup, composition, you know, those sort of things. And you have a nice big masterclass on that. And then you create more niche courses. So you, mm-hmm. you do a night photography course, you do a wedding photography course, things that are going to be much more niche down. And what what's great about that is you can, you know, begin promoting those niche courses to the people who took that um, original masterclass. But you're also going to get other people who are just interested in only wedding photography. They already know how to use their camera. They already know about composition. They don't need the masterclass. Um, so I would say, you know, it's kind of going to be dependent on the topic that you're teaching again uh, about your audience where is your audience at in their journey are they all beginners Mm -hmm. and they don't know about it and they're trying to learn this stuff for the first time or maybe your audience already knows the basics and they just want that very niche information so um but i like if you don't have that audience already you know you pick that audience and you pick are you going to be teaching towards the advanced user who wants to take it to the next level? Are you picking a target audience of absolute beginners? Are you teaching to kids versus adult beginners? That's something that with my photography classes, we have a kids photography class and I taught that in a completely different way than I would have taught that course to adult beginners in photography. So that can sometimes help differentiate yourself and pick a topic that's, I guess, easier or more fun or different for you to teach. Um, but I like, th- I think I agree with that idea of creating sort of a master class, general class, and then also branching out into the smaller niche classes. I know from my experience that the big general beginner courses have just sold better for me. And I think that's just because there's a bigger audience of beginners trying to learn new topics. Once you get to the more advanced topics, there's just gen- there's automatically going to be fewer people interested in that topic. But I think there's opportunity in that, especially if you're starting out as an online teacher and are an expert in that topic to, to teach those topics. Because if there isn't that course yet, then that's your way of getting going. There's already a thousand beginner photography courses out there, but there's only a handful of wedding photography courses out there. So, um, there might be more room for you to get into the business with more of those advanced topics as well. Something to take into mind. Yeah. When we, when we get into the episode about researching and validating, we'll go through some of this, you know, trying to figure out what is going to work better than uh, other courses. Because like you said, uh, you do have the opportunity to create a master class, but there might be some some holes to fill that there aren't any courses on. Mm-hmm. And that's where the research comes in because then you can really dive deep into, well, if there's 400 photography master classes, but like you said, two wedding photography, it might be more to your uh, benefit to do a niche down wedding photography class. That's where researching and validating really comes into play. And then you hit on something um, that I would like to talk a little bit more about about. And that was, you know, being specific to the target audience. Mm -hmm. You said, you know, creating the kids courses, creating the beginner courses. I have found that this is probably one of the most important things to do um, when you are creating your course is to have that audience in mind of who you're talking to. Um, In the past, I would create a master class and I would not say who it's for because I think, oh, I want to serve everyone, everyone, you know. (laughs) And, and that's that's a, a, a nice thing to think about. But what happens and what people don't realize 
is the beginners feel like it's too advanced and the advanced people feel like it's too beginner. So you need to really decide from the beginning, is this course going to be specifically for beginners, intermediate people, advanced people, young, old, uh, you know, kids, not kids. I think that that is very important. And I've been being more deliberate about my courses lately. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm doing more beginner courses and I specifically say in the title, the subtitle and the copy, the promo video, Hey, this is for beginners. If you know how to use Photoshop already, then you probably don't want to watch this course. And, and the first reaction to that is like, Oh my gosh, you're turning people away. But this course is not for them and I don't want those people in here, especially on the Udemy platform because it's re- it's based on the review system and people who already know how to use Photoshop and I'm teaching them how to install it, they're going to be like, this course is horrible and give me a bad rating because they already know how to install Photoshop. So I think it's, it, you know, I, I feel like you really want to be deliberate about your target audience and who the course is for from the beginning and have that person in mind. What What do you feel about that? Yeah, totally. And I think a good uh, example of that is our actual Photoshop for Entrepreneurs class that we put together um, mm-hmm. and our Canva graphics for Entrepreneurs class. These are the two classes we collaborated on. And we came into it again with Photoshop being a very popular topic on Udemy. There were already a number of best-selling courses, but we decided to make it specific to entrepreneurs because we felt like there was a need for people who didn't want to learn everything about Photoshop. They just want to learn how to make you know, their course graphics or YouTube That's thumbnails. Right. And it was very project-based, another great idea for making a better class. And so picking that topic not only helps with the, I guess, the content, but it helps with the promotion and for the keywords of having entrepreneur which is, mm-hmm. I would say, a valuable... Not that you want to make every course you know, about entrepreneurs, like playing guitar for entrepreneurs or whatever, <laughs> although that might do pretty that well. Who knows? <laughs> um, we'll validate it next time. Uh, but, but that was definitely a good example of, ha- of picking a target audience for your course and separating it. Um, so yeah, I guess the last thing I want to ask is... Are there topics that people should stay away from? Uh, We've talked about what people should teach, but what should people not teach when they're coming up with ideas? Yeah, this one is a little more trickier. Um, And this is where, you know, validating and research will will go a long way because you could kind of see what the market is looking for. and that is that is what you know. Having a business, being an entrepreneur, or creating this educational material is all about. It's it's an exchange between you, the provider, and the person who is who is getting this information. So, I might have the best course in the world on surfing, but if no one is looking for a surfing course, then I'm just wasting my time and maybe wasting other people's time too. Um, so, I, I would say that. There might not necessarily be bad course ideas, um, but there might not be a market for your course mm-hmm. ideas. You, mm-hmm. you may be very, very passionate about something, and there might be a lot of other people who are passionate about and, and love to do it also, but that doesn't mean that it's going to translate well into an educational material. Um, I like getting on the beach cruiser and riding my bike up and down the beach, but you know, a lot of people love to do that also. 
that doesn't mean that it's going to translate well into a course teaching people how to ride up and down the beach on a beach cruiser. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think that's where like the validation comes into play, which is our next episode topic. But I would also say that you should stay away from trying to teach courses on topics you, you generally don't know anything about. And, um, I guess there's one way to get around this, which is co-instructing courses. But if you're trying to do it yourself, don't just go and see that, oh, yeah, like there's a Python course on Udemy. Those are the most popular courses. The top course, I don't know. I'm going to use Udemy Insights right now just to see what the top Python course is. Because I think at one point, this was like the highest earning course rev- uh, course on Udemy. I don't even know what Python is. I know it's something to do with like <laughs> it's computers. It's got... <laughs> Yeah, it's the uh, amount of revenue, and uh, it's ridiculous. It's it's one that okay, yeah. So the top (laughs) the top monthly revenue for like the top courses, one hundred twenty five thousand dollars, and that that takes into account like Udemy's earnings too. But are you kidding me? One hundred twenty five thousand dollars a month? That's insane. So you might see this and be like okay, I'm going to learn Python and I'm going to teach this. And while that mm. might not be a bad idea is if you really are passionate and you really want to learn a topic to teach, yeah. that sometimes can be okay. But in general, those courses aren't going to be the best in quality. Um, so teaching it yourself is not a good idea. Partnering with someone who does know a lot about Python can be a good idea. But I would only say if if you're building an audience that wants that course, don't just create the course because it's a top earning, um, top revenue course on Udemy, unless you know, you're building that audience because as a course creator, you are going to be building your website. You should be building your brand. You should be building your audience based off of some sort of sort of relatively similar topic. And mm-hmm. I've done this in the past where I've tried to teach courses on topics that might make good money, but then at the end of the day, my audience didn't want it. And so now I'm I'm not going to find a co-instructor to teach Python, even though I could. And there would mm-hmm. probably be a lot of people who know Python who would, if I pitched to them, hey, like I will promote your course and work on it together. And I'll, because on Udemy, you also have to follow the rules of co-instructing. You both have to be a participant in the course. Um, but I'm just not going to do that because it's not good for my audience. So that's one idea where I would say, unless you're passionate about it and you're building an audience on it, don't teach that topic. Um, and yeah, I guess like the only other thing I had written down was topics that don't have money earning potential are maybe things you should, you should stay away from, but that's only if, you know, making money is the sort of ultimate goal. Like there might be topics where you, just enjoy that and it might help mm-hmm. build your brand and it's okay if you're not making money from it. Um, so I don't know. A lot of this kind of goes into validating, which we'll talk about in the next episode, but any other wrap well, up thoughts or? Yeah, I wanted to add uh, to a couple of these bullet points that you have here. Um, you know, the first one that you mentioned on creating uh, about something you know nothing about earlier on in this episode, you know, you mentioned it might be good to teach even if you're a beginner because you might know some more of the questions than someone who's advanced teaching the topic knows. Now, that is different than not knowing anything about the topic. So, for instance, um, I know Illustrator, 
and I've used Illustrator and I, I really like Illustrator. It's fun. I like playing around with it. I would say I'm a beginner. Um, but I know something about that topic. So if I taught an Illustrator course and I know Adobe's software very well, all the tools are very similar, I feel like that I would be comfortable enough to teach a course on it from a beginner level and say, this is the stuff that I know about Illustrator. Um, however, if I've never used the program before, I've never used an Adobe product before, and I try to teach Illustrator, People are going to know. It, it comes off very easily, especially in video, that you don't know what you're talking about. You're stumbling. You're saying the wrong things. Um, I saw a course where it was a programming course, actually, and the comments were all like, this guy is obviously never programmed a day in his life because he is saying the wrong things. He's not even making sense. So he's <laughs> you know, basically talking gibberish. You know, like, So you don't want to do that. Um, like you said, on creating the high revenue topics, chasing the money, you never want to chase money. You want to do it for the passion. Again, people know when you're not doing it and you're not passionate about it. Um, like you said, you could have someone come on there and, and teach a Python course with you, but that would be confusing for your audience. On Udemy, it's not so bad because you have a wide range of uh, – it's a marketplace. You have students already there looking for information. So they might find your course. They know that you're a good instructor and buy that. But it becomes confusing when you're doing promotions and when you're self-hosting or you have your own audience. If you are a photography guy and you have a photography YouTube channel and a photography Facebook group and you have a teachable course on photography and then all of a sudden you're going to do uh, teaching Spanish, it's going to confuse your audience and it might even turn people off. They're going to be like, well, this is just weird. Like I'm not coming back here. You don't want to do that. It's yeah. the same thing on Udemy. On Udemy, you can promote your courses to the same people who's enrolled in your other courses. So if I have 10 photo photography courses, I want to keep creating photography courses and snowballing those promotions. I don't want to start throwing in random topics where it's just confusing people and, and they don't know um, what they're doing. Um, and then also, you know, having the money earning potential. Um, I, I would say that that's relative to how much money you want to make. Mm -hmm. And... Sometimes that can be surprising. Uh, I, I love using Teresa as an example because I would not think that baking would do so well. I wouldn't think that sourdough bread baking would do so well. But she had the audience. She had a YouTube following. She came on and she did really well for herself. Um, but she was passionate about it and she had the expertise. And it's something that people ask about all the time, you know, probably asking her questions. How do you do these things? So um, there is money earning potential there. But then there are also things that are just going to be completely dead and won't make you any money no matter what you do. So you do got to watch out for those. And uh, we'll talk about that in the next episode when we talk about validating and researching a good topic. Yeah. And what I'm going to do is I want you to start thinking about a topic that you are thinking about teaching. Maybe come up with two ideas and we can actually go through our validation process and help you decide what um, course you should teach next. I think that'd be kind of cool to do. Um, and the only thing I'll add to these episodes, man, we could just talk forever about these things, <laughs> but I do want to add one idea about, you know, yes, I think I agree 99% with everything you said about if you're a photographer and you have photography courses, 
you should continue making photography courses to snowball. But what if at some point you're like, okay, I've taught everything I know about photography. What should I teach next? How do I come up with that next topic? And my advice is like, try to find these like sort of somewhat similar topics Mm. that your Mm. audience might be interested in. So yeah, Spanish, probably not going to be, you might get some crossover, but video Mm -hmm. production. Yeah. I think a lot of people would be interested in video production who are photographers or graphic design. And these are, these might also be skills you already have as a creative. Um, And you look at my, you know, catalog of courses and that's exactly what I've done. So don't copy me, but, (laughs) but that was a good idea for me to do. And that's, that's working. I mean, I'm trying to think, you know, if you're teaching how to build WordPress websites, then, you know, your next topic might be Google advertising or, you know, some sort of thing. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. So you can kind of go into different completely different categories but try to make them somewhat similar at least that's what's going to do best for your revenue you know you can teach random topics it's just not going to do best for your sales so anyways i think this is this uh we hit the nail on the head with this one hopefully people enjoyed this episode number two of what you should teach uh picking topics and so remember those three questions to start out what is your expertise what are your passions and what do people ask you about And as always, go over to facebook.com right now, search for Online Course Masters and join the Facebook group. That's where you can have a community or be a part of a community of other like-minded individuals who get you and understand you and can help you out while you're not listening to the the podcast. Uh, They're there 24-7 willing to answer any questions you have. And check out onlinecoursemasters.com. We've got the membership uh, or the mentorship program there, which... A number of people have gone through since I launched it last year and are enjoying it and making more money and creating better classes than ever before. So you can find out more information there at onlinecoursemasters.com about that. So uh, until next time, have a great day. And Jeremy, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, see ya. Thank you.